Welcome to the Pursuit Friends Church Network of House Churches podcast. I'm the planner and lead pastor, Brian Donahue, and I'm joined by Kristen All, who is the director and pastor of Network Ministries. We're excited to share about what God is doing at Pursuit Friends Church as we build this network of house churches. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how God is moving and working in our midst, updates and news on our progress, but we really want to focus on sharing what we are walking through from God's Word each week as a church family. So grab a cup of coffee, your Bible, and join Kristen and myself as we share how God is moving at Pursuit Friends Church and as we discuss what we learned from our Bible passage this week. We're glad you're here. Stay tuned. And welcome to another episode of the Pursuit Friends Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian. I'm here with co-host Pastor Kristen. And today we have a very special guest, someone we all know and love, at least we do here at Pursuit Friends, uh, <laughs> Mr. Joe All. Thanks for joining Hello. us today, Joe. <laughs> Hello. It's good to see you. We are, we are recording this podcast actually via Zoom today um, because of the rise in COVID and um, things happening. We're just being extra careful and loving each other this way uh, over the next couple weeks, really, as a church, um, with all the extra family gatherings happening and being around people that are around other people we're normally not around. Um, even though it's uh, a little difficult and it hurts the heart a little bit, um, we are just so thankful for a church that is able to flex and people that love each other this way. And uh, we've been through a lot together as a church over the last three years, but in particularly the last two years. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So one reason Joe's on the show um, is uh, Kristen and I really feel like his perspective is really outstanding as one of our leaders uh, from day one. He's been a part of our core team. Uh, He is an engineer with the Goodyear Tire Company and um, has a full-time job and yet is in also leadership and a major part of who we are as a church. So we kind of want to talk about that because it's really, I think there's some neat perspectives that we can gain about what it's like to be in full-time vocational work and being on mission in that, but also being a a very integral part and doing a lot a awful lot behind the scenes uh, and and on stage as he is our bass player our ever faithful bass player um and so joe it's good to have you Kristen. do you know this guy i think that it would be good if joe uh, explained to the, the audience how we met <laughs> how we're <laughs> just kidding this is <laughs> that would take a long time wouldn't it honey Yes, long story. <laughs> Another podcast. We'll do a couple's podcast someday. We'll, we'll, everybody right. in the church will rotate through and we'll talk about our stories. And wouldn't That's that right. be sweet? That's right. <laughs> now, yes. Joe and Kristen yes. are actually married, um, if you haven't uh, <laughs> gathered that. Their son, Jay, is an important part of our church as well, as he plays Cajon and does behind the scenes. He's done a lot of video stuff and sound stuff and running our words on Sunday mornings. Um, and so we're just super thrilled. And then, of course, they have a daughter, Haley, um, who just got engaged. I think that's safe to say now to the world, right, publicly? It is safe. It's, yes, it's yes. social media public, which is a big deal for her. So I think you're safe. <laughs> Fantastic. We're excited about that, Haley. And, of course, Haley shows up whenever she's in town. 
uh, here and there. And um, so we love the all family. And we really love Joe, don't we, Kristen? I mean, you love him more than I do. Uh, I uh... do. He's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> 30 plus years and going strong at this point. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, well, but as we get started here, um, let's talk briefly about our Christmas Eve service. Um, because we had our, we celebrated our third Christmas Eve together. Is my math right, guys? You're yes. right. Okay. Wow. Once in a while, I get math right. Uh, you get much above two hands, though. I'm, I get. That's when I get a little bit lost. Uh, <laughs> but we celebrated our third Christmas Eve together. We gathered at Hartwell Church of the Brethren, which is a church that we have partnership with and friendship with they let us come into their facility once a month to have our nights of worship our family reunions and a fellowship meal there and so they were so gracious to us um we basically had free reign on christmas eve to have our service whenever we wanted to and uh we had a lot of extra family and friends come in we socially distanced every other pew by family units we did the candlelight thing um and uh I thought it was it was so it was such a blessing to me guys as a pastor as a leader to just see everybody together but also see God moving in each of us in unique ways. You know, one of the things that really uh as a leader made me happy on Christmas Eve that I couldn't stop thinking about <clears throat> was, you know, we started and you hope that um, you're building an atmosphere and you're you're making room for future leaders to come in and everyone really to come in and share their gifts and take new roles and to see Matt Zittle do a beautiful job with the kids sermon, to see Stephen step up and lead worship, um, to have Aaron there. It, it was a, just um, a realization of a dream, like a, you know, a level up court kind of to see all these new leaders taking their roles on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and, and Joe had his ukulele bass, too, which was yeah. exciting. Um, it's one of the most amazing instruments I've ever seen, frankly. Little tiny <laughs> ukulele sized bass that sounds like an upright bass. Um, but that I was so proud of our worship ministry. Um, on Christmas Eve, Joe, you guys really did a great job of um, doing that uh, excellent and also just in the right spirit, you know. Um, we're not a flashy Thank church, <laughs> um, and we didn't. We had all the lights at full, you know, um, power. I, don't, I can't think of the right word, but luminosity. No, that's terribly wrong but uh, <laughs> but uh uh you know it was just us all together gathered worshiping and the three guys on stage jay joe and steven steven did an absolutely fantastic job i got a lot of comments uh from devin's side of the family they were just they loved seeing steven smile <laughs> that just they they said it was really nice to see him just enjoying what he was doing apparently I, I mean i've led worship in front of these guys my family for on christmas eve for years and no one ever comments about that so i must need to work on my frown apparently uh <laughs> as i lead worship but they just they were very blessed by stephen's spirit um and I th as we all were i think and uh just just it was wonderful guys really really well done that's good. It's certainly, I think, as you pointed out, uh, you know, our typical Christmas songs 
are are very different than what we play the rest of the year. So it's a, it, it took quite a bit of work to get everybody on the right page to do it. So glad it came off well. Yeah, it, so. it really did. Christmas songs are the hardest because they usually pack them full of extra chords and notes musically, and then sometimes they're in stranger keys too than you normally would do your contemporary worship in. And also, uh, you play them once a year. <laughs> Most of our worship <laughs> songs, we, we probably play a dozen or two dozen times a year, so we get better at them. Christmas is just hard, but you guys did really well. It was it was such a blessing to me as a pastor and as a worship leader to know you guys had that covered. Um, and then also, just to brag on, like Kristen said, Aaron did a fantastic job seeing different parts of our body participate in the service and be up front um doing it aaron did a fantastic opening welcome and introduction and scripture reading it was just he said i I don't remember everything he said but i just remember being so proud of him and it was just perfect for me um it set the tone Kristen did a great job of sharing and reading scripture matt with the kids uh message and um the worship team and everything there was this guy that preached a little bit um long-winded but uh you know it was just it was just nice to see everybody there and happy to be there it was such a light atmosphere um it was wonderful so we're so thankful uh that we got to gather you have anything else to add Kristen? i was just going to say the only uh the the no the bittersweet part is the continuing presence of the pandemic and seeing you know, a couple of groups of people that that would have loved to have been there, not be able to attend, and um, you know, having to keep distance. We had been traveling, so we were being particularly careful not to spread um, anything we brought with us, yeah, or pick up anything new for our daughter who was going to be visiting people this week. So, um, yeah, it, but it is it's still sweet to be together in the yeah. midst of that. Yep, and uh, that's good, Kristen. Thank you for uh, mentioning that because we did have some families that couldn't join us for various different reasons, uh, health reasons uh, largely. And uh, so um, it's it's we're a blessed church and a blessed gathering of people in a part of the body of Christ. And so we just wanted to share that with you. Um, and we met online. I did a Facebook Live and did... Um, uh, started off goofy with some Christmas gifts I got and then uh, just gave a word from Philippians 3 which we'll get into kind of towards the end of our podcast real briefly as a close Um, but we really wanted to have Joe on as a special guest because Joe is such a big part of who we are as a church and a lot of his work behind the scenes when nobody is watching except for a few people who know who knows what he does um Uh, I really credit, and don't say this to embarrass him or to hype him up, um, uh, because we need, you know, we need to be careful that, you know, um, we don't want to get too excited, but uh, uh, (laughs) I'm kidding, of course, but uh, um, (laughs) Joe, without Joe, I don't know where we'd be as a church um, uh, with all of his work and the efforts of our uh, finance and administration team. uh, They've just been top-notch, working hard. working through a lot of questions through the last few years and finding answers. And um, I'm just so blessed by all of them. And that team, just for the sake of acknowledgement, is led by Joe. 
Um, Matt and Susie Zittle are a part of that team, and uh, I almost said Kristen uh, Pattisol, but that's totally incorrect. Bridget Pattisol um, is has been a part of that from the beginning as well, and uh, we're just so thankful for those guys um, and all they do. Kristen, what's the first question we should ask Joe today? What would you, if you could ask Joe anything, what would you ask Joe? Well, I have a whole list of things. <laughs> I would first like, since you were talking about admin and finance, I'd like to go there first and uh, just uh, give Joe the mic to share what he'd like to share about that team. Uh, certainly, I'd echo it. It is a fantastic team. Um, it has been, you know, a challenge really from from the start. Um, we had a lot of questions uh, I am not a finance person <laughs> as a background, but as we kind of dove into it and tried to figure it out and figure out where we're going and team really worked hard to find solutions and find answers for how, how we can work. And it's, it, you know, so far, knock on wood, it works. Um, so it's good. We have a good team. We have a lot of kind of a, it's nice because we have people coming from a variety of, of perspectives. So when we need to, you know, ask ourselves a question. We, I feel like we bring a lot of the, the right perspectives to bear on the issue and make sure we come up with a, with a good solution or a good answer. So, um, and they're a very key part of that. And I'm very fortunate to, to uh, uh, sometimes be the face of the team. So, um, but uh, yeah, that uh, is a lot of work. Um, continues to be a lot of work, but God has blessed us in that area. Uh, which helps quite a bit and uh, blessed us with a lot of good people that work pretty hard on it. So, I, I'm curious, I, I would think that for your team of people who are um, very gifted in the logistics and the practicality, um, how this transition from a model with a, a pretty well laid out road, you know, uh, for finances and all that stuff to a, to a completely you know, bushwhacking road <laughs> that we're making up as we go along, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what that's been like, because I would think, you know, Brian and I are both kind of early joiners and big picture people. And you guys are, are trying to make the concrete supports mm -hmm. to support that, um, that blue sky vision. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's interesting. I would say that the, the question is far more complicated than the answer is. Um, because the good news is a house church network, particularly the way we're running it, uh, for the most part is very inexpensive to run. There's not a lot of overhead. You're not fixing a lot of buildings, um, you know, those kind of things. Um, so although it was a transition and it was a difficult question to answer, how do we structure ourselves financially to go from being a traditional house or sorry, a traditional church type operation to a house church network, um, you know, the, the final answer isn't that much different than what we were doing, except we don't have a line item that says, you know, youth ministry. Uh, it's it, it's kind of combines a lot of those things um, and, and eliminate a lot of categories. You know, we don't have to buy paper towels for the building. Um, but then also, I think at the same time, I think we're still figuring out as a leadership group, um, and as a house church network, okay, what does it take to run a house church? And what sort of things does a house church uh, need 
money for or need investment for? And I think that's still a question we have. And even though I think even once we come up with an answer, I can imagine house churches forming that are a different format that may require a different kind of investment. So I think in a lot of ways, as we add each house church, it's, it's going to be a new conversation. But um, uh, I think we've at least made the first transition. Uh, and, and as I said, I think the question was far more daunting than the answer was, uh, but it took a lot to circle back around to, to the answer that we're at. So uh, that makes think, sense. Yeah. And I, I think I really appreciate how, um, even though sometimes the questions have been at least a little daunting or like, you know, seem, seem difficult and different, like, like you guys really worked through that quite well. You know, you didn't let that slow you down. You didn't let, let the unknown of what that, the answer could be for that stop you. Um, <laughs> and that, that speaks to all of your guys' character um but also just your ability to endure um a couple of big picture leaders <laughs> um, and uh, and what we thrust upon you sometimes or ask of you and one thing mm -hmm. if, if i can just say this hopefully to encourage you joe and the team is um occasionally i do come to you guys with a hey i'd like to see if we can support this or throw money this way to help this whatever your answer has never been no that I recall at least, um, <laughs> I assume I would recall that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's always, well, let us see how, if we can make that work, you know, mm -hmm. um, we'll look at the numbers, we'll pray about it. Um, and that even if the answer is ever, no, we can't do that. Um, even if that's the case, there's a really good, there's been a good reason. There's been a, we're looking towards this, um, and we'll, but we'll keep that in our back pocket for another time. You know, maybe down the future we can start doing that. And so I just love your guys' attitude of, uh, and we talk about it from the top down of leadership too. We don't, we want to be able to say yes to people with ideas. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be flexible in that. And that culture is true of our admin and finance team. Um, that God is, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so let's pray about this. Let's talk about this and see if this is something God wants us to do and so into. And so I have appreciated that heart um, so very much. It has blessed me more than you know and probably more than I verbalized too. So thank you. Thanks. You know, that's interesting, Brian, because I think that's, a, as we talked about some leadership topics that we wanted to talk with Joe about, um, a running theme, I think, as we passed in this past year made the shift. We've had quite a year, as Joe was pointing out in our pre-podcast uh, conversation, went from one model to, you know, um, completely changing our vision to implementing that vision. And we're, the year's not quite out. We only have a few days left. So hopefully there's no big changes left. But, uh, <laughs> but I would say that to me, one of the key costs of, of being able to say yes to people's financial needs, to their ministry dreams, is the is the key cost is being willing to be uncomfortable. It's being willing to say yes and let me think about it. <laughs> you know, yes, we can. Okay, just at least maybe I, I you know, and like and you know, I don't know uh, about you guys, but there've been moments when your stomach kind of drops, like. Oh my gosh, I don't I I've committed to this and I want this and I'm not sure what it's going to cost. 
and or how we can make that happen um you just embracing that discomfort i'm just wondering if that resonates with you guys because that's really standing out to me yeah i for, for i mean honestly the past three years have been uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> I, and i you know it's i i say that right. kind of tongue-in-cheek but uh church leader i think that's been the experience of any new works that have started in recent years but also church leaders across the board it's been the truth of business leaders it's been the it's been the truth of stay-at-home moms and couples that both you know both working parent situations it's been across the board the truth for the last two years um but for me as a leader the past three years and it is, you know, future church leaders or maybe potential new work starters or church planners, like it's uncomfortable because you're risking, you know, maybe you're leaving a secure situation to start something new um, without a paycheck, you know, um, you're, you're doing bivocational ministry maybe for the first time, or maybe you're going from a full-time job in, in the business world or wherever and you're going to be bivocational now all of a sudden, or you're going to jump in just head first and just go for it and see if you can raise support, whatever. Um, it's uncomfortable. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be in whether you're going through a pandemic or not. It's you're supposed to rely and trust on God in in his provision um, in him giving you everything you need step by step along the way. And we've tried to keep that mentality as a church, I think through when we first started through getting the building getting into the building um which was perhaps my most pushiest uh point of ministry in our life as a church getting into that building originally um and then figuring out through the pan the very i mean we moved in that building december the first is that correct yes and yes. then that next march the pandemic dropped right after we all got back from exponential and we, you know, it felt like, man, we hardly got to enjoy this place and figure out what it means to grow in it and out of it too. We always wanted to be a church planning church. We didn't want to just fill a room. We wanted to send people out. Um, but it, it was real uncomfortable. And <laughs> little did um, we know the people we were sending out was ourselves right out of that right, building, right, right in, right, right back in, send ourselves right back out. <laughs> but but it was even through all that like as i look back on that part of our history um we're three years old we have some history now i guess right um uh there there were even you know we had some blessed of course we had some blessed times in that place too um but honestly what i look back on and i enjoy the most are the game nights it, it yeah. wasn't even yeah. really the church we did in that building that I look back on with warm fuzzies. It's when we were just in there to be together. Um, it's the meals maybe after the church service that I really think fondly of. And that really, it, as I look back on that, and as I try to remember what I was going through personally and thinking, like that helped, I think, propel us through the pandemic that we, God really put in our hearts what was most important. What did we need to capture in our gatherings? And that was the relational aspect of who we were in that we wanted to be a church ultimately that did life at tables together, that 
really were going out from the building where the building wasn't the emphasis and the pandemic really helped shape that desire more passionately in my heart and I think that happened for you guys too like what what are we really focusing on that is the most important thing that God wants us to be as a church and it's the going it's the making disciples and so Joe would you talk a little bit about that because your perspective is um probably a little bit different than mine through that period of of letting go of the building I think everybody can understand why we want it in the building, so I don't want to dwell too much on that. People understand that. But I remember when I started having conversations with people that we were they were like, you're doing what? Why would you want to leave that building? You know, what do you mean you're doing house church? So if you could just shed some light on that from your perspective, that'd be great. Sure. And, you know, first I would say, and, and I would think this would be probably a good approach to take for any uh, church plant, but um, but I think it's reflected in our admin and finance team and how we work that is, is this is a journey. We can't sit down on day one and say, this is the path. This is the exact path that God has for us. You know, we were all very much, uh, you know, us as a leadership team, us as a finance admin team, our primary purpose is to follow God's will through this journey. And sometimes this journey is going to say turn right, and sometimes it's going to say turn left, and we don't necessarily know the exact destination where, where God has taken us. And, and fortunately, I think that has that goes through the way that we manage our finances, too. It's not like we try and set up a system that's got a bunch of momentum behind it so that this is, this is the path we're on, and it's difficult to change the path. Um, you know, we sometimes... You know, we're on this this path for a short period of time to get us to another path that we're going to take. And I would say, you know, the time exiting the building um, was very much that. I think it did serve us. Uh, I think that was an imp- important part of our journey, as you said. We got to we got to see a lot of things. God was able to do a lot of things to to show us what's important, show us what to focus on. Um, I think. You know, we had to get to a place. I think the pandemic played a role in that too. Okay, we're going to completely deconstruct church <laughs> dramatically. Uh, and now, okay, as we go to put it back together again, what what are the important pieces that, that, that God wants to put there? And we got, you know, you think about that in the, so, so was it two years? Our first two years as Pursuit Friends Church, and you see how many different things we saw and experienced from, you know, we started as a house church and doing the, the uh, meals, having an explosion in kids ministry, moving into the building, you know, doing the game nights and doing, you know, we did the rehab uh, hosting of their speaker and that kind of stuff. And, you know, the amount of experiences we had in that first two years is, is kind of crazy. The variety (laughs) that we got to see. So, um, giving us that background to try and piece together, okay, how do we do a house church network? I felt like God had given us a lot of pieces of the puzzle um, in that uh, in that time period. I think that's a great point, Joe, because I think as we tried to embrace what could be done in each season, which you know the pandemic kept adjusting what can and can't be done. Um, 
what we found we could do was be in relationship with each other and you know mm-hmm. how we did that shifted when we had a building we could do game nights when we couldn't meet then we could be on zoom and um that but in the one of the threads through all of that was how much the relationships supported the church it wasn't about a fantastically produced service or um perfect it, it was really about real people gathering together to be in relationship with each other and to talk about God. However, that worked out even even mislaid plans like my a- attempt to play music over our Zoom call in one of our groups that was uh, <laughs> epically failed. But <laughs> the common thread of that through all of that, like you said, God allowed us different experiences. So when we as we've accumulated that history, and we look back on what has been so instrumental for us. It has ended up being relationships, mm-hmm. community, and relationships. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And you know, the shocking thing of that is, it's biblical. <laughs> That's how Jesus <laughs> did it. Right. It's how the early church did it. Um, that's that's just something that for me has been very eye-opening as a pastor, as a longtime worship leader who really love the attractional model for obvious reasons <laughs> as a worship leader it's fun you know have the big stage have all the lights and the fog machines and all that stuff it's fun you know um and there's nothing inherently wrong with that stuff either at all um but we've really a lot of the language i used at the beginning still even though it had this going heart and this desire to make disciples and to plant churches there was still an awful lot of um, attractional, traditional church models mixed in with that. Um, I think that we was were, our natural reflex. Yeah. That's the, that was our first response. So our that's mumble, what we knew. muscle memory, right? Yeah. Muscle yeah, exactly. memory, yep. Yeah. And it, and it was, you know... Yeah, I mean it was it was good. I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to say that that stuff is bad. I'm not all the way there ready to say that that traditional model is totally that God's going to take that totally away. He may ultimately um but and I have personal opinion on that. I don't have, you know, factual. I don't know all the statistics about that. Um I think we are going to see we are seeing the house church model in networking uh gain a ton of momentum in the United States or it's gaining more momentum every day and I think we're seeing pastors step away from their pulpits more not away from the gospel or away from ministry but we're seeing more and more men and women of God saying I need to be bivocational or I need to raise my own salary to be a part because I it's more important for us to gather in these different ways to be sending people out to be starting new works um, than it is for us to maintain this building that isn't even really a part of the New Testament biblical model of how we do of how we do church, and so I think that's happening. But I think that for me, the shift came during the pandemic, when in my heart I was willing to just totally let go of that structure of that. There is still so much of that come and see mentality. Um, that God needed to erode that, if you will, away from me a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I thank God that we went through some of the pains and struggles we did 
as a church because there were things I needed to loose out of my mentality and my mindset that um, probably could not have been wiped away without some measure of struggle, you know. Because I think God, God, and I'll I'll let you. Kristen's got something good to say here in just a sec, but I I just I think that God often t- God prefers it if His kids just simply obey Him and trust Him, just like real parent, just like I just want my kids to just obey and trust me. They shouldn't run out into the street, right? But sometimes, now maybe this is a terrible example because the consequences of running out into the street when a car is coming by is pretty, you know, that's pretty large. There's bad stuff that can happen. But um, you, you know what I'm saying with the analogy is that was, God wants us to willingly and wholeheartedly just obey him and trust him. But very often we have to go through hard things, the struggle. And, um, and I'm not talking about we have to disobey and always in order to learn. I'm not saying that. But sometimes just the hard things in life teach us things we could never learn if everything was just hunky-dory, wonderful you know, warm fuzzies, flowers growing everywhere, and the sun shining all the time. Um, going through the hard stuff actually produces good fruit in the life of a Christian. Go ahead, Kristen. I'm sorry to keep going on. And I think my husband's ready to jump in. I can see it on him. Uh, just a quick, uh, you know, we have a, a phrase we use at work sometimes. It is, uh, you can't teach hot. Sometimes the kid has to touch the stove to learn not to touch the stove. Uh, and I think we're the same way in our faith sometimes. I agree, Joe, and my thoughts were similar, which is just that um, the way we're built is we will revert to what is known, even if it didn't work all that well, because it's known. It's a known path. And and I think especially in a culture that is results driven and very busy, you know, um, I, I know <laughs> I know some of our restaurant choices aren't the best for our health, but I know them and I and they're easy, right? And I can check the box and move on. It's it's the same way in, in all areas of our life. And what God did for us was remove the easy, familiar, comfortable choices um, and, and uh, allow us to imagine a different way forward. And, and the, and the um, kind of the protected space to work on how that would actually work out because it's a lot of work to reimagine things and to to try to build something. Joe, I'm really curious what leadership challenges that you, because you're in leadership in business as well as in the church. What what overlaps? What differences are you seeing um, over the past year as you have faced these challenges? You know, it's been an ever shifting landscape as I've thought about the last year of what is wise, what is not wise, who is going to be with you, who is going to, you know, considering all of the different groups of people and their perspectives and how to serve them well, um, it has been daunting. I realize no wonder I'm tired from this year because it just keeps shifting every couple weeks, uh, which you, <laughs> which is completely exampled by the fact that we had to go back to Zoom this Facebook this week. But uh, so I was just curious about your perspective, having lived that in parallel, overlapping worlds here. Um, interesting question. So I guess you're kind of asking, you know, to kind of compare leadership in a corporate environment versus leadership in a church, uh, which are, are really, really, really different environments in a lot of ways. You know, the, you know, at work, you have a very 
defined mission, you come up with a very defined strategy to address that mission. And so then a lot of it is executing the strategy or to, or massaging the strategy or whatever to a very particular mission. Uh, uh, and you're dealing with people, uh, and most people you're, you're working with are employees, you know, as a different, or associates, you know, they work for the company. Okay, now I shift to a church. You are, so they get you know, they get paid. In other words, they get paid okay. to be there. Yeah, and paid and for a go, defined role, right? right there are defined right. rules. Yes, yes, of the relationship, yes. right? Yes. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. So in a church environment, you know, you're ninety plus percent volunteer, um, which is a very different thing that people bring. You know, they they come differently. Not everyone. Some people still treat a volunteer position just as they would if they were working somewhere, but that's, that's not everyone. Um, and that changes things quite a bit. And we are very, very much, at least in our structure, we've been very focused on, okay, where's God taking us and trying to be very open and very, and paying a lot of attention to, okay, where's he directing us next, which is a very different environment than, than, a. uh, you know, in a corporate environment where that's pretty well defined, or you can go down to the guy's office and you can ask him. Uh, <laughs> we we can go to God's office and ask him, but he doesn't always give clear answers <laughs> necessarily at this time. So, um, so those things, I guess, are very different. I, I would say also, you know, particularly in our environment, we are a very small uh, organization, so you have to wear a lot of different hats, and you, sometimes you need to put on a hat you've never worn before. Um, and you just got to put it on and try and figure it out and make it work. Um, so, so, so all those pieces are different, but if we look at the things that are the same, you know, um, and maybe that's my particular leadership style I use, uh, at work, but very much community building and, um, uh, you know, making people feel important, you know, that they are, their position is considered and, and uh, respected, you know, those same kind of things are true, whether you're in a corporate environment or, or church environment or whatever. Um, so, and then of course, in the method we're going, the things we're focusing on, community building is a, and relationship building is a central piece of that, which is the same pieces I use in the, in the corporate environment also. So they're different. Mm-hmm. That's great, Joe. That's that's really helpful. You said a few things in there that made my eyebrows go up that were just really good um, things to think about and consider. And uh, can you talk a little bit about um, what type of balance you have found in that as you go in between the corporate world and what your leadership role is here at Pursuit? Because that's something that I think pastors and leaders struggle with, whether they're in the business world or um, the ministry world, if you will, um, is sometimes we can be so excited, caught up in what we're a part of that there's an imbalance. And I guess that can go both ways too, to alert to, to some degree. But I think mostly the example is the business, the person in their vocation is so wrapped up in their work that it's their family that oftentimes falls off the, their grid and radar of what's important and mm-hmm. what, how they need to balance what are some things that have been helpful to you as far as finding that balance practices or habits to get into? 
um, or just frame of minds too is that because that's that's you know I, Kristen and I get the benefit at least right now in this season of being able to devote a lot of our time to Pursuit Friends Church um, and so in some regard it might be easier for us maybe not though um, <laughs> but um, in theory it should be easier for us uh, but for you your full-time and important position at Goodyear what's what have you found is helpful for you and it might be helpful for others Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, what I find, of course, we, from a work perspective, we talk about that being work-life balance is kind of the term that we use. Um, and to me, one of the keys is, is that, okay, work-life balance isn't constant. There isn't this, 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 it's not every day the same amount of work and the same amount of life. Some days are more work and some days are more life. Um, and so, one of the, the powerful things to be able to work around that is you need to set up your responsibilities to be flexible. So I can push this ball forward on the days when I have more life and then, uh, you know, be able to push them aside when they're, uh, when work or whatever the other demand is, is demanding, but then also being aware, okay, you need to have this balance and, life and family need to be part of that balance. So I think that's been one of our keys is we look at how we set up our financial structure uh, for pursuit. We have it set up and God has blessed us greatly with the ability to do it that when we enter a month, you know, the the decisions for money are decided. There's not a lot of, Mm. of, of uh, urgency that occurs. Mm. There's a lot of important, but not a lot of urgency. And part of that's on purpose. So, uh, to me, that's one of the keys to achieving some of that work-life balance is taking care of the important before it becomes urgent uh, and, and uh, approaching the, you know, some of our church responsibilities the same way. How do we make them as flexible as possible? Yeah, I think that's really good, Joe. I'm thinking about a podcast that has been helpful to me called The Lazy Genius. And what she talks about is uh, when you approach things, naming what's important about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes what's important is just checking the box. And sometimes what's important is a a lot more than that. And you can't approach everything with the same intensity or, uh, because I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried really hard. It just does, I'm I'm just telling you, I'm mid-century modern. You're the only one in the world. Only one right. in the world. Well, that thank, does you. That, you know? thank you. Thank you. I like you know, it's fantastic. I like to be alone in my dysfunction. Very, very <laughs> helpful. Um, but uh, but you know, that that's been really helpful concept to me that I've been thinking about is how important what's important about this task is not always what I come to. And that's kind of what I hear you saying. Like what's important about the finances is that we take care of some of these big picture things, but then set it up in such a way that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel every single time. Cause that's not mm-hmm. what's important. Yeah. And yeah. also, also what can, what can wait until next week? What, what are prioritizing is huge. And that's something that I think sometimes I can struggle with is I'll get fixated on one thing that my brain tells me I have to get done when in actuality I need to play Legos with my son right now. Mm-hmm. And that thing that I want to finish, which is oftentimes lived out, it could be a sermon, a Bible study, um, preparation or something like that, or some type of you know paperwork thing, whatever, 
that can wait at least until you know that if the opportunity arises and I'm able to go play with my son and what I'm working on can indeed wait um, I need to take advantage of being with my son for a minute and prioritize you know but but also in that part of my scheduling is understanding when for me this is helpful which part of the day am I actually most um, able to concentrate like when am I all fully awake and alive <laughs> to give to what I need to do for pursuit friends the best that I have while also still having plenty in my tank to give to my family the best that I have to offer mm -hmm. and that can be hard for me sometimes is you know I think one of the challenge big challenges whether and it's somewhat of a challenge at work but I think it's even a bigger challenge uh, in a church environment is not so much you know we have a to-do list but we need the to don't list this is the stuff we're not going to do and this is the stuff God is not calling us to do and that is really hard sometimes for us as believers to, to own it's like okay yeah God is calling us not to do that uh, yeah. even though that serves some people you know right. that serves the body of Christ but okay we aren't called to serve that part um, and sometimes it's, that's hard to do. That's hard to identify and that's hard to jump on board with because we want to do everything for everybody. Um, that's really good, Joe. And it's making me think just about boundaries because I, I have that more, um, person to person than I do in program to program, probably because I've burned out on programs from my time in children's. Um, but uh, my temptation is to take too much responsibility for individual people and to forget what I am called to do and what is not on my list. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not Jesus. And I, I don't know why I'm some kind of egomaniac and think sometimes that I have to carry that. I have to be the person. I have to have the answer. Um, it, it, that's what we're called to do and not to do. And that, that's a challenge for me, for sure. And, and I love how our, how this mentality that, that God has rebirthed in us or revived in us or whatever awakened in us that, that, you know, we want to be a church that goes and finds and, um, that each person is a sent one, no matter how old or young they are is that even if, uh, like, it shouldn't always be about what can the church do to help our neighbor. It oftentimes needs to be what do I need to do to help my neighbor. And empowering people through this, I'm kind of extending this out a little bit, but empowering people on the individual level as a disciple of Jesus Christ to go into the, all the world, to meet the needs of their neighbors, to be aware of what's happening with their coworkers, you know, and, and their family members. And as a church, we can't uh, always meet every need that arises and that we're made aware of. But as individuals, it's just getting out of that mentality that the church is the answer for everything and the church has to do everything for the people is where I'm getting at, is that we want to empower our people to go out and do that and to oftentimes probably do that without any of us knowing you're doing it. You know, for the sake of their, your neighbor, go bless, minister to that situation. Um, but us as a church, that ability to say, or, or ability, that 
need to say no occasionally is huge and it's that's that's an that's a huge thing just with that balance in life too it's not just we want to say yes but it's sometimes it's healthy to say no if i've been terribly or terribly that's i don't mean it to sound harsh but if i've been really really busy doing church stuff all day um and i get a phone call from somebody um that I don't know how to say it is making emergency. That's not a real emergency. How do I handle that? How do I minister to them in that moment? And how do I, you know, make sure that I'm also achieving ministering to my family well, um, and spending good time with my family or even having the space. Let's take it a step further, having the space to minister to my neighbors who aren't a part of my church. You know, it's not just a work family. It's a work, um, neighbors, you know, extended family, all those things, having that space open for that. Um, And as a church, we want our people to be well-rounded and have freedom. We talk a lot about scheduling um, and not over-scheduling stuff for us as a church um, so that people have opportunities to actually be out in their communities with their neighbors, with their coworkers, all that stuff. So, Yeah. I think that would that leads into another uh, question that I'd like to ask Joe, Brian. Um, so as we have, Joe and I have launched in our house, house church, and as the one person on our team who, as you pointed out, Brian, uh, has another job. <laughs> I, and, and, and so now as Joe, you know, hosting in your home, um, I, I'm just wondering what you have been surprised by, what are some of the helpful things um, that we've pulled off, uh, you know, anything you want to publicly reprimand me for in the way we've managed our house church, I'm, this would I'm be a moment. I'm very interested in this segment of our podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's in another room, you know, so he could safely probably say anything and still get out of the house before I could catch him. You know, I'm all ears. Oh. First of all, it is helpful to have an unbelievably super wife, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you Don't know, roll I your think, eyes, Brian. Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> the uh, I think uh, there's a certain amount of okay. I am confident that God is calling us to do this. So, mm. you know, all right, I'm I'm relying <laughs> on He's going to make a way for this to happen, whatever that is. Um, you should pause right there, Joe. That is that is just just say that again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. No, because it is so, because, because, uh, things, you know, the enemy lies to us and Mm -hmm. says, this is not possible. And then we lose our faith and we lose our secure, our our confidence and our, um, our peace, you know, everything we need to go forward gets sucked away when we start to doubt whether or not we're in the right spot when that opposition or the difficulty absolutely comes. So Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt you. That was so good. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a certain amount of, maybe it's an excuse, but, you know, we used the word particularly early on about being authentic. Well, part about being authentic <laughs> is it isn't always perfect. <laughs> oh, you said that. You said, who used you said that word that. a lot? It's a, who's got two thumbs? Somebody on this and, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
course, they can't see my two thumbs coming back at me. No, they can't. They can't. And I'm laughing, Brian, because I know what he he's saying that so nicely about oh, authentic. Yes. He's yeah. not saying, you know, bathrooms uncleaned or uh, cluttery messes or, you know, things <laughs> not quite the way you would love to have them. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, but. But on the other side of that, you know, okay, yes, having this confidence because you know, confidence is what God wants us to do, is the direction He wants us to go. He's going to provide a way. But at the same time, you know, I would say my my work life balance has been shifted towards work a bit in this latest season, uh, as it was maybe early in, in our life. So, um, you know, that's a little bit of a, a concern on my part. But again, okay, God, God's going to find a way. Um, so I think the surprises are how quickly, <laughs> I guess we got our house into a rhythm. Is that a good way to put it? Such mm -hmm. that it's ready to go on Sundays without being this giant explosion of activity before it. Uh, you know, the, yes, we have to do stuff every week for the house to be ready. But, uh, you know, Kristen has done an excellent job of kind of figuring that out, figuring out that rhythm so it isn't, you know, we don't, Saturday is kind of our Sabbath. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we don't want to want Saturday to be all about cleaning the house from top to bottom to be ready for, for Sunday. Um, I think some of that Joe came from uh, kind of like you said earlier, you know, feeling like we were called to do this, mm -hmm. but then also naming what was important and not important. So mm -hmm. it was important that you still get a weekend. <laughs> it was, it's important that the house is um that we're comfortable enough that we can have people in and enjoy their company and not and not be worried about you know their safety <laughs> or their health <laughs> or something but it is not important um that that happens on the weekend it, it is <laughs> not important that it's perfect it is you know so i i had to personally make a real effort to say what is and is not important and then fight down the urge to try to overachieve on stuff that um, that what didn't make that list because it was going to ultimately undermine what really was important, which was making this work. Mm -hmm. That is vitally important. And Kristen, you and I talked about that before you guys launched. Yeah. Um, to to know what what is the most important thing each week that you get done for your house church. What can you let go of and release if you don't have the time? to get it done and if you know that ahead of time it takes the pressure off when it comes time to decision now maybe you need to work through that if you're a new house church and you don't know what's the most important thing yet we we got to talk about that a little bit and discuss mine and Devin's experience um, too a little bit in that and you know there's weeks when you know, I, I prefer the house be clean top to bottom every week. I have the schedule and the time to do that most weeks. But there are some weeks, believe it or not, the floor doesn't get mopped. It gets swept, you know. But if I'm running short on time, uh, the mopping doesn't always happen, even though maybe some people think it does. Uh, and so that, you know, to me, it's also important to have clean bathrooms, right? Like the bathroom's got to be clean uh, for, for us to want people in our house and to feel comfortable that they're in our house. And so knowing those things is absolutely huge and helpful um, in any and, situation. And I just have to say this, uh, and not being threatened by other people's have-tos, 
because uh, Joe and I are both giggling, Brian, as you're sharing yours, because I would love <laughs> that to be true at our house, but it is not. And <laughs> right. we were not we, we were not going to be able to do what God called us to do if yes. we took on somebody else's have tos. Yes. I love that mm. your house is that way. It is a blessing to us when we're in your house. Mm -hmm. God has not wired Joe and I that way and that yeah. it's not the season we're in. And as much as that is an admirable, fantastic thing, it's not a gift that we have to give people. So I, being okay with that is harder yeah. than it sounds, but it's, it's, it's really was a, a survival critical yeah. uh, skill to make peace with. And that, that really kind of jumps into a something that we've talked about is that we want, each house search is you know, they're going to look different. They're going to feel different. <laughs> how you run the house church is going to be different than how I run our house church to a large degree. Like God's created us so differently. We talked about that from a leadership level in particular, right, guys? Um, like we can't, we don't want any more Brian Donahue's in Pursuit Friends Church. One is quite plenty uh, and enough <laughs> for everyone. Um, and so we want people to operate in their unique giftings. And it's been cool to see some of our conversations that shifts, that sifts down into all sorts of different ways we do house church from how we set up the chairs, from how what absolutely must be cleaned and orderly before people start showing up on Sunday morning, from when we actually clean the house throughout the week, you know, um, and even what we offer and the order in which we do worship and the the sitting down at the table to eat together in the Bible study can be different. Um, but we have found that it's been helpful for us to talk through some of those things so that we're limiting the stress as much as possible um, week to week. Um, and that's been helpful for us. Um, anything else, Joe, that sticks out to you that uh, has been helpful for you? Um, I, I guess, you know, a couple things to highlight. Um, now, I will say you know, one of the questions is what surprises. I think one of the surprises for us as a house church is that we actually have a praise team uh, that we weren't expecting. So, um, and uh, that has, you know, that takes some effort, but um, that'll get easier over time. But we're kind of building as a praise team. We're doing practices on Tuesday nights as a, in addition to beforehand as we, uh, you know, build up a collection of songs that we know. Um, but, uh, but God has made the space for that to happen. And, Fortunately, I find that to be kind of a fueling activity for myself. It uses different I have muscles than the rest of my life. So uh, that works pretty well. I also think that you know, we talked a lot. We set up the rhythm of the house churches, having this once a month family reunion. As much as I'm anxious for that service to, to continue to mature and, and, and grow, I guess is the word to use. But uh, having that rhythm, having that week off built into our schedule for the house church leaders, I think is a very effective piece of that. That's great. And that's that, that also, that was, that was one of those decisions that was difficult and easy to make, I think for us as leaders, because, the, because again, I think it falls back to, we've got to have the church doors open. If we want to grow, if we want to be healthy, we got to have the mm -hmm. church doors open. We got to have people gather, right? Um, and so we had discussions around, do we still gather at normal times on Sunday, plus do the night of worship that same day? And we landed as leadership on, that's going to be our emphasis that Sunday each month. 
um, so that, number one, we emphasize the fact that we'd like as many people as possible from the network to gather together as one big family, hopefully happy most of the time. And, uh, and then that also gives the house churches, the people that are hosting the house churches, because our house church, our people that host the house church might not necessarily be the leaders in the future, because right. um, we want people to use their gifts. Some people have hospitality as a huge gift, and they may not be a leader or want to lead Bible study or pastor a group of people, shepherd them, but they say, hey, I got a house. I want to use it. Let's, let's gather at my mm-hmm. house and then work with another leader. But um, to be able to give those host homes a week of not having to prep the house like normal of being able to just take a breath have a normal weekend um so to speak or more of a normal weekend um is has been i have been surprised because i was skeptical i was willing but i was skeptical at how nice that has been for me and my wife devon on those days yeah to reflect earlier prior of our conversation you were putting that service on the to don't list that week Yes. You, could, yeah, you don't right. have to prep for it. You don't have to have it uh, that week. Yeah. And and really, like like I'm with you, Joe. That um, the worship side of things is the easy stuff for me most mm-hmm. of the time. There's stress with it, of course, but it fills my heart and my soul and my mind and refreshes me as I'm playing the piano, as I'm worshiping, especially when I get to do it with other people. Um, that there is something really fulfilling for that side of who I am and my personality. And I get a lot of relaxation from that too, as I know you do. So our nights of worship um, also shifted because now we do a meal with it as well as part mm-hmm. of our service. We do it at the tail end of our gathering um, after we've done our worship. Uh, and that has been a nice shift too, I think, to um, get that together, not just gather to worship, mm-hmm. um, but to sit down across the table from people we're not seeing every week. Um, is really cool. And I anticipate that being, again, as good as the worship is, Joe, um, I anticipate (laughs) just like I've been surprised through this all, like it's those table conversations, Mm -hmm. it's that fellowship that happens um, because that happens on a larger scale. We get a lot of fellowship, Joe, Jay, and Stephen and I, um, and Kristen when she's there with the family to be, you know, um, uh, too. Brody. Brody, <laughs> the the worship team gets a fellowship type time as we're setting up, as we're doing that together. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie and family feelings mm-hmm. there naturally. So that's part of our refreshment too, but that's not shared with the whole church. When we get to do that at tables, um, it's, it's really wonderful. I'm really thankful for that. I'm glad we made mm-hmm. that decision um, <laughs> to shift I that, that way. Yeah, and Brian, I'm glad you reminded us how tough a call that was because uh, the and I've even had people say to me who are not part of our body, "Wow, you give up," you know. Okay, they they're they're on board with the, our main uh, gathering is in a home, but then you say, "Oh, and by the way, we give up 20, 25 percent of those meetings to go back to a different model," and they're like, "Wow, that's a big chunk," and I'm like, "Well, I guess you're right." Um, it is a big chunk, but it um, it was a much more difficult decision to break those. This is what we do as, as Christians. We have a service that we go to and to say, well, you know, we're going to do something different one out of four or five weeks was a tough call. Yeah, but but it was made easier, I think, through our experience the past year. Yeah, you know, 
Mm, um, I, I think really, as I look back on our whole three years, like God has been definitely leading, guiding and directing us. And even though there's still tough decisions to be made, I believe we're probably going to face some really tough decisions this next year. Um, just what God is doing in my spirit and my heart, like for the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole. I'm not just talking about pursuing, I'm talking about the body as a whole um, in the States in particular. I, I think that God has led us and directed us so well in, in our imperfections and our, you know, all that stuff. Um, he's been so faithful that even in like this, it, it, it just, it blew my mind a little bit at Christmas to be able to make a decision to say we're not going to gather the Sunday after Christmas because of the spikes in COVID and we're all with people we're not normally with, typically with extra family members who are from, coming in from out of town maybe. Um, and to be able to make that decision and have such peace about it, I'm telling you, like on Christmas Eve service, I was not concerned at all about the fact that we weren't going to gather in person. It was, this is the right decision, God. I have peace through much turmoil over the last year and a half maybe, but I have peace with this. This is your church. I've said that from day one. This is your church. These are these these are your people. And Christmas Eve, I really God gave me the grace to really stand upon that and believe that with my whole heart, that the church is going to be okay. Um, we've experienced. We know we can achieve community online when we do our Zoom discussions. It's different when you just do what we did last week or yesterday, when I just got up there and talked on Facebook Live, and we could chat maybe a little bit. That's different. Still has its place. Still, there's times where that's good. But our Zoom meetings together, we know what we can achieve. God graced us with, and it's one of our testimonies, right? God grew <laughs> us like by three, at least three families just through our Zoom over the pandemic. And that is incredible growth for us from <laughs> where we were to that. That's growth that pastors dream about um, percentage wise. And we just have to keep that in mind. You know, <laughs> it's, it's everything doesn't fall apart because we don't gather on a Sunday morning. If it falls, mm -hmm. if your church falls apart because you don't gather on a Sunday morning, probably some things you need to work on. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and it's not just your structure, it's in the hearts of people too. So mm -hmm. I'm super thankful uh, for people like Joe and Kristen uh, who um, just help remind me of what's really important. Um, and that's what one thing I love about our church guys is, at least I hope, most of the time, it's not just about what I want. That, <laughs> <laughs> that you guys have voice, that Aaron has voice, um, that, that Bridget and Matt and Susie on admin team have voice, that we all k pitch into this. And this is God's work. We're not trying to elevate individuals to, to a point to where it's all on them. Um, and, and honestly, like I'm at the point now and, and, you know, I, I have fully engaged in my heart with the mentality of working myself out of a job that if, if something were to happen, this pursuit friends network needs to be able to continue on without Brian Donahue, as much as that bruises my ego a little bit, some days a lot, maybe. Um, that really the strength of a church is not how strong the pastor is, it's how strong the people are and um, how dedicated and committed they are to the mission of Christ. So I'm encouraged and, today. 
Yeah, and you know, Brian, what you're saying um, just makes me think of the body. It's not about an individual. <laughs> the individual is Jesus. We are the body, which means that any, you know, we all have roles to play, but they are roles. They're not the role, yes. you know, and um, we can, especially as Americans, just get really impressed with what we, an individual, can pull off um, instead of recognizing that we're not in, we're not designed or intended to work on our own. We're intended to work in community, and that is messy and complicated and sometimes slower and a lot more chaotic and much richer and better and exactly right. um, how we're meant to be. Yeah. One of the things, and I'd kind of like Joe's input on this too, um, as we get close to wrapping this episode up, but um, I've had some pastors say, you know, Brian, you were in a great position through the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it was probably really easier, much easier on you than maybe us in these traditional models because, you know, we've got bigger cruise ships that take a lot longer time to turn. You must have just been so fluid and able to turn and da 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 da, -da, -da And you can see me doing the mocking thing with my hands. <laughs> but you guys reminded me just a little while before we started the podcast, we've really had quite a lot of transitions through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We didn't just stick, to, you know, yeah, we could shift and do online maybe easier because we had a smaller group anyways, you know. Um, yeah, we decided to get rid of a building and just do house church and not have that expense. You know, on, in some ways that sounds pretty easy, um, weird that we would want to do it. But in some ways, I mean, it makes sense logically from a financial point of view. But we have been through a lot, We, which you guys pointed out. Do you want to speak to that, Joe, a little bit? And it, we've done, God has taken us through quite a journey. Yeah. Well, even if you, if you just look at this year, you know, if, uh, 2021, okay, at the beginning of this year, we were a traditional church in a conventional building <laughs> that were that were weathering the pandemic storm. We were uh, streaming uh, services, that kind of thing. And, and since then, you know, we've had some pretty, uh, you know, we, we conceived, researched, and birthed a <laughs> house church network uh, in this past year we've had some turnover in leadership and leadership structures and uh, how we do our budget all that stuff all had to change with it um, and that's a lot that's a lot um, now I think one of the I, I do you know your comments that other people have said about it being easy I do think there's a certain amount of even from when we we started we we are fairly agile as yeah, a so, church so organization that's, that's fair yeah and going into a house church network is just and i guess to me that's one of the beauties of it is we are even more agile we can we can react to get god's calling very quickly uh, for the most part uh, so um, you know if he calls us tomorrow to meet back in a church we can figure out a way to do that but um or if he wants us to start a house church in New Mexico, we can we can do that. But but yeah, it's been a, it's been a big year. It's kind of it's a little frightening to think that all happened in one calendar year. Uh, <laughs> it's astounding. It's it is. Uh, it is. And, and God's been so faithful to us. One of the things I just want to take just a brief second to say, like. 
we see God's hand upon our the, our church in so many different ways, and one of those unique ways was our partnership with the FCER in the multiplication team, um, because they God really used them powerfully when we got into the building, and we did our initial financial ask for a ridiculous amount of thousands of dollars, and God really gave those guys and gals discernment on our behalf. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure you're going to be in this building that long because we believe in what God has called you to. Um, and, you know, they, I mean, really at the time it was, we think you're probably going to outgrow this building really fast. And you may not want to pour that much into this, especially since you're in a rental situation anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but they they paid for our whole first year's rent in that building, or a majority of it at least, or all of it, I think. And also for the upkeep of the several acres that were around which was a lot to mow and then our snow removal which i think we only used a handful of times anyways but mm -hmm. god's hand has been upon us in that type of way too that that really helped us through the pandemic um not have to stress out so much if giving was down a certain month that were we going to be able to pay just the rent um mm -hmm. and let alone my salary you know so that just that just god's hand and using other people um, who we partner with, the FCR and the multiplication team, God gave them discernment in that time mm -hmm. to give us just what we needed when we needed it to help propel us through that pandemic financially. Um, and so I just shout out to Rusty and Mike and Zach and all the other guys on the multiplication team um, for your um partnership but also for being led of the spirit uh, for us on behalf of the denomination and we're, we've been also very fortunate to be a part of EFCR because they have given us a lot of flexibility there's no one standing over us saying you have to do it this exact way um, they just want to know you know they want to see disciples made just like we do they want a flourishing healthy church in whatever context that looks like that's what they want so we're grateful to be a part of that and I'm grateful for Joe and Kristen all and their son Jay. And hey, I'm I'm grateful for Haley and Stephen too. Um uh you know, Stephen is 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 one of the most and I'm I'm just gonna we'll end the podcast talking about Stephen. Uh he is such a, he's got such a wonderful, welcoming, friendly smile. Um every time I've seen that young man, I just feel all warm inside. Like I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> he's such a sweet guy. Um, and so I'm very happy for Haley and Stephen. If you haven't heard the news, they're engaged to be married, everybody. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we're excited about that. We're we are so excited. I hope you've caught the energy and spirit of this of our time together today. We're just we are humbled and excited to be a part of what God is doing at Pursuit Friends Church, and what how He's using Pursuit Friends and all the people involved with us to go and find, not just come and see, but go and find people that need to know what the love of Christ feels like, what it looks like, how it's lived out. Um, and I just, I can't tell you what joy I have to be a part of a church, that that is the emphasis, that, that it's, that what happens outside of our gatherings is just as important as what happens inside. The gatherings are really important. It's where we get fuel. It's where we get challenged and encouraged and pushed and um, where God can show up in our presence 
but the discipleship that is happening, the growth that's happening, uh, the Bible study that's happening, as I hear people saying for the first time, I'm really diving into the Bible for the first time in my whole life. That's exciting. It's so exciting to me. Um, and to see our kids, too, live, loving this and living this out, too, where they go is especially special for me as a daddy. So um, love you guys. Thank you for being a part of our show today, Joe, um, spending some of your day off with us. It is an honor and a privilege, my friend, um, to have you on the show with Kristen and Kristen, thank you for all you do for Pursuit Friends Church. We really appreciate you. And uh, we're going to have more special guests on our show in coming weeks. Joe is our second special guest we've had on our podcast. And uh, we also have a few other friends that we'd like to invite here in the near future. So look forward to that. Thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to give to Pursuit Friends Church, if you like what you've been hearing and God's been ministering to your heart and you'd like to sow into the ministry here, you can visit us at PursuitFriends.org slash give and donate to Pursuit Friends Church. And uh, we'd love to partner with you that way. You can sign up for emails. You can do all sorts of things and find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Pursuit Friends Church podcast. Step into you.